This is Healthcare Strategies. This podcast was recorded remotely due to the coronavirus pandemic. As a result, the quality may be a little lower than our usual standards. We appreciate your patience as we practice social distancing. From all of us at Intelligent Healthcare Media, stay healthy, stay safe, and enjoy the latest episode of Healthcare Strategies. Hello and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Emily Sokol, Director of Research at Extelligent Healthcare Media. Today we're joined by Sarah Marche, Senior Vice President of Pharmacy Services at Highmark Inc. Highmark is one of America's leading health insurance organizations and an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Its affiliated health plans work passionately to deliver high quality, accessible, understandable, and affordable experiences, outcomes, and solutions to customers. Today, we'll be discussing Highmark's pharmacy benefits and the opportunities for bundled and value-based reimbursement models. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Highmark had recently announced some significant cost savings for groups who had combined both medical and pharmacy benefits. And the independent study showed that it improved health outcomes and member engagement as well. But before we dive into that, can you talk about some of the reasons why your employer partners tend to carve out pharmacy benefits instead of combining them? Sure. Employers carve out their pharmacy benefits for a few reasons. First and foremost, I think they have the perception that standalone PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers, have the ability to customize their benefits more easily than a health plan can. And larger employer groups often employ consultants and sometimes even clinicians who have their own ideas on the ways to optimize their prescription drug benefits. And they believe that PBMs can do that better. Employers also sometimes have the perception or believe that because PBMs specialize in drug management, then they must do it better than we can do. But what they don't know and you know, what we do at Highmark is you know, health plans often employ staff that are entirely dedicated to managing prescription drug coverage. For example, Highmark has nearly 300 employees dedicated to this for Highmark and for our employer groups. And this includes pharmacists, it includes non-pharmacists, other types of clinicians, who are 100% dedicated to ensuring that employer groups are optimizing their drug coverage to best manage prescription drug costs. Awesome. Thank you. So now I want to dive into the study itself that you guys had produced. So as an alternative to carving out these pharmacy benefits, you were integrating them and you participated in a study that observed the differences in cost savings. Can you dive a little bit into those research findings, the study findings, and tell us exactly what you guys did? Yeah, sure. We did look at one year of our costs, but it was the third study that Highmark has conducted on this topic. We were actually one of the first health plans to perform this study because, you know, when we were up against, you know, competing against the PBMs, you know, as I mentioned before, there were many employer groups that just believed fundamentally that PBMs could manage prescription drug costs better, and it made more sense to carve their prescription drug benefits out, where we fundamentally believed that integrating the medical and drug benefits lead to better clinical outcomes and lower costs. So we decided the best way to do this was to to do a study. And we conducted the study internally and we compared a subset of our groups that carved their benefits out versus the cost for a group that carved their benefits in just to see if we saw any differences. And every time that we've conducted the study, we have demonstrated or proved that the, the groups that carve their pharmacy benefits out have lower medical costs than those that carve in. So the first two studies, you know, we did it internally. We did the second study when we started to get some pushback in the market that our results were outdated. So we conducted it again. 
But then we began getting some pushback in the market about the fact that we had conducted the study ourselves. And the feedback we were getting was, well, of course, you're going to show benefit. You're doing the study yourselves. You're biased. And you could definitely uh, structure the study in a way that it's going to be positive for Highmark. So when we just recently performed the study, we decided it was really important to bring in an outside consultant to perform the study. And so we brought an outside vendor in that did two things. Number one, they validated our previous studies and validated that the methodology made sense. And then they reconducted the study so that we had up-to-date results. And once again, for a third time in a row, we were able to show that our groups that carved their prescription benefits out had higher medical costs than those members or those groups that they're carved their benefits in. And we saw that being driven by several things, but one of the biggest drivers was less days of hospitalization and better managing certain disease states that we were able to show that integrating the benefits was leading to better clinical outcomes and therefore lower costs. Because if you think about it, drug costs can go up. If you believe in drug therapy and you believe this is the best way to treat some disease states, you could have see your drug spend go up. But if you're better managing that disease, you should see your medical costs go down. So we were able to validate the study, do another one, and we're now using that study in the market. It is receiving a lot of positive feedback. Well, I think that's incredibly important, especially in a time when we're really, really focused on being really evidence driven. I think building this evidence base that you have is really valuable work. Yeah, it's important. I mean, drug costs are on the rise. They continue to increase. And I know for Highmark, our drug spend represents anywhere from 25 to 30% of overall healthcare spend. And it's now actually exceeded all other categories of spend. So it's really, really important to employer groups that they're doing whatever it's going to take to best manage that group of spend. And you showed impacts on patient outcomes as well. Can you talk about those aside from the cost benefits? We didn't measure the actual clinical outcomes. I mean, we did measure the length of hospitalization, the ER visits, but to truly measure or study the clinical outcomes, it would have to be a much longer study. So we just measured certain factors like things that are driving costs, hospitalizations and ER visits, for example. Things that might be used in a value-based care design, it sounds like as well. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So backtrack with me a little bit about integrating the services. You know, if I'm maybe a, a newer health plan or maybe a not as advanced health plan and I want to start integrating services, what are some of the challenges that I need to think about overcoming? And, you know, how did you guys overcome those? I mean, we as a health plan face, you know, so many of the same challenges that lots of healthcare organizations are facing, which is you know, the cost of healthcare, specifically prescription drugs, continue to increase. And we have a lot of pressure to demonstrate how we're managing those. On the flip side, many of these new drug therapies, while costly, are offering treatment for patients who have never had treatment options before. And that's really positive. I mean, they are offering true innovation that is treating diseases that we've never been able to treat before. But, you know, we are challenged every day to make sure that when we are paying for these drugs, we're using it in the most appropriate patient population. So, you know, Highmark has done a lot to put the resources um, within the pharmacy team to make sure that we have dedicated staff that is truly managing prescription drugs, anywhere from pharmacists that are reviewing new drugs that launch in the market to make sure they understand how those drug therapies fit into existing therapies. Are they clinically better? Are they clinically the same? Are they clinically worse than available drugs? And then after you look at the clinical nature of the drug, looking at the cost. Is it more expensive in competition? Is it less expensive? What will it do you know, to the total cost of care of treating that disease? So clinicians are obviously extremely important in order to you know, offer these integrated benefits. 
The other area that we have invested in are clinicians that actually do outreach to our physicians and our members. And those clinicians, they're the ones that see the whole patient. That's what's really important about integrated benefits. You can see the entire patient. You can see when they've been hospitalized. You can see if they're receiving a drug under the pharmacy benefit. And you can also see if they're receiving a drug under the medical benefit. Because some drugs, um, because they're infused or because they have to be given under the care of a healthcare provider, they are paid for under the medical benefit. And so many disease states, they could have a drug under pharmacy or a drug under medical. If you would carve out that benefit, you no longer have that ability to align the strategies of how you cover those drugs when they fall under different benefits. So that's that alignment of policy and that aligned view of how you look at drug therapy across the benefits is critical. As far as the pharmacists that are performing outreach to doctors and members, you know, sometimes a drug is the first clue that you get that a patient has a newly diagnosed condition. So for example, a patient could go to the doctor's office, get diagnosed with diabetes, and the first time we're able to see that diagnosis is a clue even, is that they get started on a diabetes medication because that happens in real time. You go to the pharmacy and you leave with your prescription. So that's often the first clue. And then that helps us see that claim and that helps us treat that patient or engage with that patient sooner and help them manage their condition and disease state. So when we think about what resources are important, it's the clinicians that engage with providers, members, it's clinicians that are reviewing new drugs to market. And then finally, we have clinicians that go out and talk to our employer groups and they review the claims costs, they review trends that that employer group is seeing and help them implement programs or offerings within their benefit that are gonna help better manage that cost. Awesome, that was a really comprehensive overview, which I appreciate. And I would imagine that there's probably multiple ways that health plans can work on integrating services. Like integration is a very broad mm-hmm. phrase. So your emphasis on you know really having the holistic view of the patient, the information going to physicians is coming from physicians. It's not somebody who is unfamiliar with treating patients or maybe a step removed, which are all, I think, sort of best practices that we hear often in, in behavior change. Right. But what would you say are some of the fundamental components that you needed aside from that? Like thinking a little bit more on a value alignment perspective, what are some of the fundamental approaches that you absolutely need in integration? How do values need to be aligned in order to integrate these services for maybe a plan who has different resource allocations? Thinking more on like a, a big picture scale, what do you really need to have in place from a a leadership and value perspective? That's a great question. PBMs will come and say, we can create the feel of an integrated benefit because as long as we get the claims or as long as we give you prescription drug claims health plan, you can integrate those in your system and you can have the feel of an integrated benefit. The problem is that sometimes that data is inaccurate and it's not real time. So when there's that delay of ingesting that data, you might miss an opportunity to act and close a care gap that the patient has. But fundamentally, I think one of the beliefs that you have to have in order to truly stand behind, you know, how are you going to offer integrated benefits is you have to believe that drug therapy and spending a little bit more sometimes in your drug costs will lead to better clinical outcomes. For example, some of the programs that we have focus on patients staying adherent to their prescription drug therapy. Well, the more adherent you are and the more you take your drug as prescribed, your claims costs are going to be higher because you're actually taking the drug versus a member that um, doesn't take their prescription as prescribed. Yeah, their costs are going to be lower, but they're not taking the drug. 
So one of the fundamental beliefs you have to believe in is that if you take your drug as prescribed, it's going to lead to better clinical outcomes and lower costs. And I think that is a belief that Highmark has. And so we stand behind ensuring that our members are getting access to appropriate prescription drug therapy and actually taking the drugs as prescribed. So that's a fundamental leadership belief. And that member who isn't taking their drugs may have lower costs initially, but the chances of them being in the emergency department, long hospitalizations, et cetera, you know, are increasing exponentially. Right. I mean, take, for example, like an asthma medication. If you don't take your inhaler as prescribed, you could end up in the hospital with an asthma attack, and that's going to lead to higher costs in the long run. So you'd rather somebody take their prescription as prescribed to prevent those negative clinical outcomes. So Sarah, we've been tiptoeing around the idea of value-based care, and I'm wondering if you can talk to me about how the integration of pharmacy benefits can integrate, for lack of a better word, with value-based care and value-based care arrangements. Sure. Um, I think Highmark is in a unique position to be able to do this differently, and that is because we, uh, we own a health system and also have strategic provider partnerships with many other health systems. And so we are able to work extremely closely and collaboratively with the actual physicians that are prescribing these drugs, the specialists that are you know, well-known in the industry for prescribing these drugs. And we work with them closely so that they understand the decisions that we're making and actually are able to weigh in on those decisions. And then when we do that, we are building care pathways and care models of what we collectively believe are the most clinically appropriate and the best path to treat a patient with a certain condition. And then once we do that, we can actually measure the total cost of care of when physicians follow a care pathway and when they don't. And following the care pathway, we would believe would lead to a lower total cost of care. The other area where I believe Highmark is a little bit ahead and we've focused a lot of our resources and time on is working with manufacturers differently to build um, value-based or outcomes-based arrangements. While Highmark might not perform the contracting with the pharmacy benefit drugs with manufacturers, we felt it was really important to keep in-house how we work with manufacturers around medical benefit drugs. So we work with manufacturers and structure arrangements with them that are really paying for drugs based on the value they're driving. For example, if there is a drug that is intended or demonstrated in clinical trials to prevent hospitalizations, but In our patient population, we see that there are more patients than in the study that actually had a hospitalization. That contract would allow us to get paid back from the manufacturer to be more in line with the value we saw versus the value that was driven in the clinical trials. Or another example would be if a manufacturer comes to us and says that the total cost of care when treating a patient with a certain condition with their drug is going to be lower or at least the same as patients that are using a competitor drug. And they will guarantee that. We work the manufacturer, we measure that outcome, and then we demonstrate, yes, it was a lower cost or it wasn't. And we would get paid back um, that amount to get back to the guaranteed per member per month cost. And then that value, if we get money back in those arrangements, those go back to our employer groups who are paying the claims costs because they're the ultimate payer uh, for the drug. But it's just a way of working with manufacturers in a different way that we believe is actually driving value or at least paying in line with what the value is. Yeah, you're, you're holding their feet to the fire, so to speak. Correct, yeah. What does that cost savings potentially mean for a member? I completely see the, the business side of things and why it's valuable for Highmark. What does that mean ultimately to the member or the patient who's taking the drug? 
claims get factored in when you build a premium for insurance product. So we use this value incorporated into how our premiums are developed and it can lead to lower premiums and lower costs for employers. Also, you know, sometimes when that cost of that drug is decreased, if a patient has a percent coinsurance instead of a flat copay, they can see it in lower actual drug costs versus, you know, if it's a copay, it's flat, but if they have a percent coinsurance, they could see it through lower out-of-pocket costs. Awesome. And at a time when, you know, we're talking a lot about price transparency in the pharmaceutical industry, particularly, that feels very important. Right, right. So on that topic, I'm curious, how do you think that health plans can provide transparency around pharmaceutical costs? You, you gave you gave an example here, but I'm thinking a little bit more uh, big picture outside of maybe the value-based contracts mm-hmm. um, in order to help both employers and ultimately their members feel a little bit more engaged and informed about their care. You know, I, I mentioned a little bit before how we have resources that are client-facing and they go out and talk to our employer groups. So one of the things that we do, we perform a review of their claims. And through this review, we're able to give the employer insight into what is driving their claims costs or what is driving the clinical outcomes that their employee population may be seeing. At the same time, when we take a look at those claims, we also will follow it up with tactics or programs that can be put in place to better help better manage those costs. You know, sometimes employer groups are really receptive to those. Other times they're not because they don't want the disruption that sometimes can come along with, you know, putting more management in place. But, you know, in the spirit of transparency, we would inform that employer group, here's exactly how many employees would be disrupted. Here's the extent of the disruption. So, for example, you know, we may say we recommend putting a prior off on a drug and you have 15 employees that are on that drug but it's going to save you a million dollars. And really at that point, it becomes a conversation with the employer to say, am I okay disrupting 15 members or patients? Is it worth the savings? And if they say yes, then we help ensure a smooth transition or a smooth delivery of that program, ensuring that we're communicating with the members and they understand the disruption. And then especially communicating with the members of what alternatives they have uh, if something, let's say, is taken off the formulary or a pharmacy is coming out of the network. So really working with the employer group to implement those programs. It's been very successful, at least for us, having that team of individuals. They're clinicians and non-clinicians that are dedicated to meeting with our clients to help them better understand how they can manage their healthcare costs. Well, and to circle back to the start of our conversation, you guys have been building the evidence base for it too. So you're not coming to an employer group saying, we think you should do this. You have the yeah. the evidence built up over time to come to them. Yeah, you know, our clinical programs, we also know pretty well the outcomes of those. So we can look at a, an employer group's history and their claims experience. We know enough about our clinical programs and we can pretty well predict what kind of savings they'll see with these programs. Right. Well, Sarah, those were all of the specific questions that I had for you. I really want to thank you for taking the time to have this conversation with us today. Sure. Thank you for having me. It's been great. And for our listeners, feel free to reach out to us at podcasts@extelligentmedia.com at to share your thoughts on this topic. You can also use that email address. Again, that's podcasts at extelligentmedia.com to tell us any healthcare related questions or stories you'd like us to cover in an upcoming podcast episode. Finally, we invite you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and positive review if you liked this episode. Thanks for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.